getting set for a Tuesday edition of the Fritz Cast coming up. Unfortunately, we're going to have to start on some somber notes. Hopefully, we can get through that without me getting too heated over it, too emotional over it. We'll go over that. Uh, we have some props to give to Bernie Sanders, of course. Uh, some Gary Johnson news and updates. Uh, revisiting Apple versus the FBI, probably for the final time. And more. It's all coming up. Thanks for tuning in. Get ready for some Fritzcast. It's always great to sit in front of the microphone and get ready to, you know, do these shows. It, it really, I enjoy doing them. I would love it to become, uh, I'd love it to become a, a career of sorts. And I've always said that, but, uh, you know, things happen that, uh, that you end up talking about, uh, when, when you're me, when you're pouring through news websites, news stories, uh, you know, the show has been a great deal political. It's it's what's really, you know, uh, pecking at my interest right now. Obviously, because it's, uh, you know, it's it's an election year uh, on the national scale uh, for the presidency. Uh, I think something I think the statistic is like 88 percent of uh, Congress seats are going up. So it's a it's a big time. Uh, to have some political interest and to uh, talk about issues and, and topics. Uh, but w- looking at the news, uh, if I told you, if I told you, if I sat here and just asked right now uh, what terrorist attacks happened this past week, uh, and especially it being Easter week, if I asked you what happened this past week, what most everybody would, would immediately say Brussels. Yeah, Brussels happened. Uh, there's probably nothing for me to actually, you know, tell you or dive into, uh, there with Brussels. Uh, uh, you, uh, you, everybody knows, I, I think it's common knowledge at this point. Everybody knows about 30 people died. Countless others were, were injured in attacks on, on Brussels. There's still a, a hunt going on for, uh, supposedly one of the perpetrators who's still alive. Uh, there's not much to dive into that, but. Uh, you know, the 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 thing is, and the sad fact is, the the news, the news uh, media, it focuses on different things. Different things get different publicity. Uh, if I told you, I don't know if it was on March twenty fifth, or if it happened the day before that, you know, it's, it's hard to kind of keep track. It's just really hard to plot them out on a timeline. You really don't want to, but March 25th, I have a new story of 22 people being killed in attacks in Nigeria with all signs pointing to that attack being carried out by Boko Haram, which they did. They did an attack in June or July that a lot of people really didn't know about unless you dived in, unless you were that type of, uh, proactive news reader, you figured it out. I figured it out from the the radio shows that I listened to. I think it was Buck Sexton was was focused on it. He focused his whole episode around that and and was talking about how these things happen and and we don't really hear about them. It's not it's not really it's not really picked, not really picked media. So it was March twenty fifth or thereabouts. 
that uh, 22 were killed in an attack. All signs pointing to Boko Haram. I don't know. I, I haven't further dived into that to see if they actually claimed credit or not. But that's just something to throw out there. And then, of course, Easter Sunday, uh, just a few mere days ago, because uh, today's Tuesday, it's Tuesday, March 29th. Uh, but Easter Sunday, just a few days ago, uh, a bomb rips through a crowded park in Pakistan where Christians were observing Easter. Taliban faction uh, came out, took uh, took ownership or took took claim of uh, responsibility for the attacks, and that bombing killed uh, somewhere towards I believe it was like sixty people. And then injuring hundreds of others. And you wouldn't... That's another one you don't hear because it happened in Pakistan. And what's even sadder is that I might tell you, hey, did you hear about the bombing that happened in Pakistan? And you'd say, oh, yeah, that happens over there. It's so... It's such commonplace. It's so... Let me tell you something about the Brussels attack. And and before I actually read the quote, I mean, I, when I read it, when when I saw it, it was in a CNN article. When I, when, when I When my eyes grazed over the words, and I processed it in my head, I got really pissed off. I did. It, 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 it was so off-putting. It was so off-setting. Um, so just give me a second here, because I posted it on my Facebook. That's right. My status towards all of it was... Um, this was my Facebook post on March 22nd, uh, 8.07 a.m. in the morning. The quote from the CNN article, here it is. I think... After the Paris attacks, we were assuming like this would happen, the Brussels resident told CNN. And it was a matter of time. After reading this whole article on the Brussels attack, the random resident doesn't really, I don't, I think they gave his name, their name. But I'm not diving that far. I'm just giving you, this quote when I read it pissed me off. This is somebody who was there and said, you know, yeah. It was just a matter of time before it happened. We were just sitting here waiting for it, practically. Is is this what is this what we're down to? Is this is is this the, the you know something's got to be done about terrorism, about ISIS? Uh, ISIS, of course, you know, claimed responsibility, uh, and they're in in Belgium. They were just like, yeah, well, Paris happened, so we were just, you know... If residents are running around there thinking like, oh, it's only a matter of time before it happens here. That's not that's not a very good approach to have towards terrorism, is it? That, oh, yeah, it probably could and will happen uh, eventually. Hopefully I'm not in the area. Hopefully nobody I love is in the area. That's how it read to me. That's probably not what they meant by it. But I can't I can't dive into the context of somebody's mind. All I can tell you is that when I read it, it was real off-putting. Very off-putting. It made it seem like like it, it was a casual, non... Um, made it seem like it was a casual... Uh, expected, almost. That... I don't... I can't... I can't dive in or focus too heavily on that. All I can do is just read it. And all I can say is that it can't be commonplace. It can't just be... It's tough. 
Is there, there, it brings up this question, is there an easy answer to terrorism? No, there's not an easy answer to terrorism. Uh, and there's not, uh, there's not a simple answer either. Uh, you get the angry responses of people who, you know, absolutely 100% go to war and just bomb the crap out of them. It's not, you know, when Ted Cruz gets up there and says, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna test, uh, we're gonna test and bomb so much that the sand will glow. It's not very... It's not very promising because there are innocent people there. Um, you know, there's innocent people that get it every day. They get it every day, but the news doesn't focus on that. The news will focus specifically when it attacks a westernized culture. And granted, when it hits a westernized culture, it hits home because those are countries that think and feel and believe on the same level that we do. I still th- I think it's sad that we would come to to terms like that where we would talk about yeah well that's the Middle East that's what happens and then all of a sudden it happens in Brussels or it happens in Paris or it happens here in the United States and we say oh my god it's attack on western society it's attack on on a lot of things ISIS attacks people uh ISIS attacks people on the premises of you're a Christian, uh, you're not Muslim enough, uh, you don't fit our standards, you know. It's very ideologic. Uh, They do acts of terror every day against Muslims themselves. There there is a Christian genocide going on that in the Middle East that that, that, uh, up until recently, uh, the White House, uh, the, the U.S. Congress, they've been They've been very touchy on calling it a genocide, but there has been a targeted against uh, Christians, especially in the Middle East, uh, by these terror organizations. But they're also attacking people for not being Muslim enough. That needs to be stressed, too. They're killing people who aren't Muslim enough. They're killing people who don't fit the extreme ideologic wing that they all fall under. And that's why there's really no easy answer. Now... I don't want to raffle on uh, too long about this. We're, we're like 10 minutes into the show. And it, it, it pains me to talk about it anyway. This, this is the... Humanity is... Some people would speculate humanity is such a beautiful thing uh, because you have the pure in heart. You have the people who are charitable towards all. You have those those quintessential, they try to, you know... I don't want to say be like Jesus because, let's face it, there's Christians that absolutely 100% don't try to be like Jesus. And there's atheists who are more Christ-like than, you know, some of them. But there's some people that are so good. And they get it. They get the humanity angle of, of appreciating life, extending the hand of goodwill toward, towards all, despite, you know... N- not taking into account their their age, their race, their religion, their creed, uh, their their social standing. There's those people, and then there's people like these terrorists who are so polar opposite. It's the dark side of humanity, and it, we all like to say it greatly that that the, the good side greatly outweighs these guys. But here's the thing: for as good as the good side is, the good side doesn't you know. The good side isn't exterminating people. What message, you know, messages carry loud. 
and the the longer that you know or can you eliminate it entirely i i don't even i don't even know where to begin how you get into eliminating them entirely without clapping your hands and having god just lightning bolt the earth over i don't know all i can tell you is that we all have to as good as we think we may be doing as good as we think we are we should probably take whatever that baseline is and try to be 10 times greater than that because uh outweighing it and being better than what's going on in the world just isn't enough anymore it's 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 got to stop how does it stop i don't i don't even know because you can't take some of these ideologic nut jobs because unfortunately that's you know that's all you can say there's no respecting them i'm not respecting i'm not respecting a damn thing that anybody carrying any religious book and commits atrocities i'm not i'm not going to pay them any sort of respect to themselves or their religion i'm not going to bash the religion entirely uh, and and there's so many counter arguments that we could have, but right now, at the forefront, uh, what's going on with terrorism? Uh, I'll leave it at that. I'm just gonna leave it at that. The thoughts and the prayers of the American people are with the people of Belgium, and we stand in solidarity with them in condemning these outrageous attacks against innocent people. We will do whatever is necessary to support our friend and ally Belgium in bringing to justice those who are responsible. And this is yet another reminder that the world must unite. We must be together, regardless of nationality or race or faith, in fighting against the scourge of terrorism. We can and we will defeat those who threaten the safety and security of people all around the world. Now that I would like to, you know, I'll echo the sentiments of President Obama there. And uh, Bernie Sanders has said it, uh, Rand Paul has said it. A lot of politicians have stood up and said this. It can't be an American effort anymore. And I I absolutely believe that. We should not be going in there ourselves calling all the shots. Some people say that we should. I don't believe, uh, I believe that we need to back away from being the world police. Uh, It needs to be a coalition of, of the world. And... I will definitely get behind Bernie Sanders and echo his sentiments. Rand Paul even said it, I think, before Bernie Sanders said it, that it needs to be a coalition of Muslim nations surrounding that area that need to lace up the boots. And uh, I believe Bernie Sanders said it, quote, get their hands dirty, unquote. It, it can't be America anymore. America, I, I believe that our involvement... Um, have only worsened the situations, and, and and that's not that's not anything un-American to say. That's just an observation that once you try to go in and call the shots, once you once you show up as Big Brother and say, "Well, we're going to do it. We don't care if we're popular or not for doing it. We're going to set it right." That's such a 1950s way of looking at it. I mean, we stayed out of World War II until they uh, <laughs> until Japan ushered us in. Japan struck at us and said, you're going to get involved. Now, without diving into conspiracy theories and, and, you know, 900 different angles on it, I'm not going to do that. But all I'm saying is that 
the world needs to stand up against it. And especially, you know, people people have told me, oh, well, you're picking on Muslims now. There's one, there's over one billion Muslims in the world. Most of them are peaceful. Uh, okay, that's absolutely true. If you start breaking down a percentage, when you get into percentages of terror organizations that use the religion and base what they want in the world off of their religion, you could say it's as little as 5 or 10%. You're still talking about millions of people when you break down the demographic. And when you try to counter-argue it, some people have counter-argued this like time and again. They're like, well, what about, what about the shooter that shot up the, uh, the abortion clinic? The, he was Christian, and he did it in the name of Christianity. <laughs> You're grasping at straws. And you're talking about one man, not an organization, not a group, not a coalition, not a break-off sub-terror cell. You were talking about one man who was nuts. But, again, I'm not getting into those arguments. I'm just laying it out there. Now listen to what Donald Trump says on the, on the matter. And what I would do is I would, look, I think we have to change our law on, on you know, the waterboarding thing where they could chop off heads and they can drown people in cages, in heavy steel cages, uh, and we can't waterboard. So we have to change our laws and we have to be able to fight at least on an almost equal basis. We have laws that we have to obey in terms of torture. They have no laws whatsoever that they have to so obey. So would you start torturing him right away, or would you see if he would cooperate and share information? Because Belgium authorities, Belgian police say he has been talking. Well, you know, he may be talking, but he'll talk a lot faster with the torture. If he would have, if he would have talked, you might not have had to blow up all these people dead and all these people horribly wounded, because he probably knew about it. I would be willing to bet that he knew about this bombing that took place today. So in Donald Trump's world, obviously his answer is to open up the gates of torture, uh, to extract information. That, that's a whole nother, you know, that's a very debatable issue that we're not going to dive into right now. I just wanted to give you the clip of how he feels it should be dealt with. Now, before I break into other news stories, was it was it nice hearing news clips without it being played through my phone? That was pretty cool, right? Finally got it working. Finally figured out the key to making it work. So, it's going to happen more often. Uh, I think I only have like maybe one or two other clips to play uh, for the, the show today. But uh, let me just tell you, um, we'll go into Gary Johnson next. Because the next clip I have is actually Gary Johnson talking about terrorism talking about this very thing so let's dive into that clip but before i pull it up uh the obama clip that i played that was from fox news uh the clip you just heard from donald trump that was obviously cnn wolf blitzer uh this is uh this is from america this is from fish tank with lindsey france this is gary johnson a libertarian candidate on terror well, I would come out and say, look, we're never going to be able to defend against somebody who's willing to blow themselves up to make a statement. It's just not going to happen. And we need to recognize that. Uh, but we need to try and contain this kind of thing in the Middle East. Uh, and we need to cut off funding uh, to these groups, which ultimately make this possible. And we can do that. We can do this with our brains. This is, a, this is a cyber war, if you will. I think that there is a very real Islamic terrorist threat. It's very real. Uh, but uh, 
Is it best addressed with our military interventions, with dropping bombs, with flying drones and uh, killing thousands of innocent civilians? I think our military interventions are making things worse, not better. Not the cause of uh, Islamic extremism, but like I say, making things worse, not better. So really, it's about cutting off funding to these terrorist groups. And uh, something that I really enjoyed uh, being governor was being able to get the people that are involved in this, that know the most, and I am talking about now uh, policy people, administrative people that are in fact waging the war on terror, finding out where we're at, what we've done, what we need to do, and perhaps tweaking that. Because it's certainly not going to be something you'd turn on its head, uh, because these people have been involved. That's Gary Johnson attacking on a funding front. Just get just get rid of money flow. So that's just another that's just another option you have out there. Now speaking on Gary Johnson, did you know that uh, I essentially endorsed him a couple episodes ago? No, 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 no. <laughs> I did, I did do that. But did you know uh, the latest Monmouth uh, University poll in a three-way race with Hillary Clinton? As the Democratic nominee, Donald Trump as the Republican nominee, with Gary Johnson included in the poll, Gary Johnson takes 11% of the vote. And this is on the heels. This is just from a grassroots following of people. I mean, let me let me take that back a step. This is from, there's not much mainstream media out on the libertarian candidate. There's not much mainstream media out on anybody other than Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump, and Bernie Sanders. Maybe Ted Cruz with that whole wife scandal business going on. Uh, which we'll dive into uh, in, a, in, a, in, a minute, in a minute. And this is Gary Johnson's numbers uh, just at a, just at, uh, at, a, at a little bit of knowledge of who he is. And uh, Gary Johnson himself attributes that fact to the fact that he's even included in the poll, which in 2012 wasn't uh, the case. Now, you may look at that 11% and say, wow, it's such a small number. Consider this. Uh, this got him interviews on CNN, MSNBC, uh, Fox. Uh, this, this got him uh, jettisoned into some mainstream play because they couldn't ignore it. Monmouth released the poll and said, look, Gary Johnson has 11%, and a lot of people probably still don't know who he is. He might even have a higher percentage if the news covered it a bit. So he got interviews out of it. He got airtime on major networks out of it, which is a great thing. And I should tell you, uh, here in Delaware at least, I'm slowly getting involved in uh, the Gary Johnson campaign task force, uh, which is a nationwide aim at getting people getting people to understand the libertarian party the platform everything that it is people who want smaller government reduced government uh so if you're a big government type of person if you're into things that like bernie sanders is promising uh the government to take care of he's not your guy and it's not your platform but if you're one that thinks the government needs to be reduced shrunk uh, that they have too much power they control too much and have their hands in too much it might be something for you to look into I'm just throwing it out there for you guys. And for, for those people getting behind Bernie Sanders for his genuine appeal, I mean, you know, Gary Johnson has a genuine appeal too. And when you talk to Gary Johnson, when you hear Gary Johnson talk, the things that he does, he's a normal 
guy. He, he was in politics for two, tor- two terms as governor, and then he bowed out because he met term limits. He believes strictly in term limits. So again, if you're also not a believer in term limits and things like that, maybe it's maybe it's not your way to look. But if you want a different way of thinking, if you want a different approach, give the guy uh, give a, give the guy uh, just a little bit of your attention. Listen to his plans and don't take them at face value. Try to put yourself in the mind of him and how he thinks it should work. Keep in mind, two-term governor in New Mexico, two-to-one Democratic state, got elected twice, and still left on generally favorable reviews, uh, not only from a state but nationwide. That's all I'm saying. Now even further, uh, if you want to take a look at the Libertarian Party and get a, an even greater idea of, of why they think the way they think and, and what they think and stand and believe in, I would, uh, I would advise you, uh, it's Friday, Friday, April 1st, I, I believe. Yes, Friday, April 1st, uh, on Fox Business, on John Stossel's show, Stossel, uh, there's going to be airing the Libertarian Forum, which will have Governor Gary Johnson, will have Austin Peterson and John McAfee, uh, all on Stossel in a, in a Libertarian presidential forum, so you can actually see and hear uh, all these candidates running for president who don't have such such a strong presence in the media because the media doesn't want to pay them any attention. And if you're down for some real uh, core governmental change, these guys think and feel on an entirely different scale. Uh, I definitely implore you to look. If you've been a, a Democrat leaning person because of the social stances but still feel like the financial situation of the uh, of of the nation needs some reining in and needs some control I would I would tell you to look at these guys because these guys have that mind of the Republicans on the finances but are absolutely polar opposite on the social stance and finally the uh, the other key to this 11% thing that's being so big, that's being so trumpeted by libertarians and Gary Johnson supporters such as myself, 15% is the magic number. 15% in the polling means Gary Johnson has to be included in the presidential debates when it's just down to the one nominee representing each party. If he polls at 15%, you're not going to have Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump on that stage by themselves. You're going to have Hillary Clinton... Donald Trump, and representing the Libertarian Party, Gary Johnson. And that is just a little spice of variety that I think we need. I'm not saying that the presidential debate should be open uh, to, to four or five or six candidates, but it definitely needs to be more than just two. Uh, you get this, this odd, very uh, just power play of... Who do I line up with more? And it's this 50-50 split, and just, I'm tired of that. Imagine if a libertarian president gets in, all right? Look, I've shot down uh, Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders gets the nomina- nomination. It might be an entirely different ball game, except that people still have a lot of aversions to supporting a guy who so openly states that he is a socialist. You can argue the democratic socialist aspect all you want, and you can argue about how certain aspects of our society are socialistic. Bernie Sanders 
isn't a Democrat. I don't. He's running under the Democratic banner, but he's not a Democrat. He might fit a lot of the same pegs, but he's not a Democrat. He's running as a Democrat because he... I Maybe I'm picking on the guy, but I always say because he didn't have the balls to run outside of the party. Uh, a lot of people still get on me for that. They're like, you're harping on him. He wouldn't be where he is if he didn't go as a Democrat. I see that move as a sellout because people were sharing the crap out of his memes uh, long before he declared he was running for president under the Democratic banner. I'm just saying for years and years and years and years he wasn't a Democrat, and he's not now. He's using it. That, to me, is a sellout thing. Johnson was a Republican, and then when the Republican Party started ousting him because he didn't fit the bill, he said, fine. He found the Libertarian Party, which he felt more in line with anyway, and he hasn't switched back and forth. He's stuck to Libertarian since the uh, 2012 election and on. Uh, and that's because he, he realizes that the Republican Party, the GOP, uh, needs so much fixing that it might not be fixable. So he went with the better option for him. I see a big difference there than Bernie Sanders who just flipped the switch. But that's me. Maybe I am biased. I don't know. I, I feel like I give Bernie Sanders enough praise uh, when he deserves it. Uh, I just, I don't want him as president. I don't. I don't back him. I don't, I, I don't think... Uh, it's too realistic, and I think at the end of four years, a lot of you Sanders supporters, after four years of Bernie Sanders, he's not going to get it passed in the Congress. He's, he's not going to—or Congress, the House um, of Representatives. He's not going to get it past that. And you just at the end of the four years, you're going to feel really dejected. That's how I feel when it comes to Bernie Sanders. But let's give the man some props look I give him props go back and play the shows I give the man more props than I give uh, Hillary Clinton or or Donald Trump or pretty much anybody I give him props I just do not care for his politics whatsoever you can be as genuine a guy as you want I don't agree with the politics I side with doesn't even give me enough of a boost to, to really like him. It's, it's only about in the 60 percentile range. So sorry. It just we're just a little we're just a little politically uh, um, we're not we're, we're not the same politically. We're a little bit different. okay? It's nothing personal. It's just business. Remember that phrase? Nothing personal. It's just business. Now, Bernie Sanders and Bernie Sanders' campaign, they are suing the Democratic National Commission, or, or committee, rather, not commission. Um, and it's over, remember back, uh, a couple months back, Bernie Sanders was locked out of uh, party voter files. Uh, it was this whole, it was this whole big thing. And uh, uh, the U.S. District Judge, Tanya Chuktan, Chuk Chutkin, Chutkin, uh, gave the campaign last week, I believe it was. This story's from The Hill, March 24th, 4th, so it must have been last week. Gave him a Thursday deadline to serve the DNC with the suit or risk having it dropped from federal court. They're pushing through, they're putting it in, and I'm, you know, I'm behind them. I'm behind them. The, the game's been rigged against Bernie Sanders, uh, in my eyes. And that's, that's another reason why I say, like, you know, he's not a Democrat. He's not. He flipped the switch. He said, you know, I'm going to run as a... 
I'm going to run as uh, under the 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 democratic banner uh to promote the the huge uh, uh failing of the middle class. Um no, he he joined the Democratic Party and to me it seemed like Debbie Wasserman Schultz, uh Hillary Clinton and now even Barack Obama are all just like dude, push off. All right? It's Hillary's time. It's her turn. You know. Same thing like when Jeb Bush was running and still in the mix, it was like Jeb Bush was up there like, well, it's my turn now. My dad got it. My brother got it. And I'm, 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 I'm better than them. And I, you know, Jeb got snubbed. Jeb should have been, <laughs> Jeb should have been W, shouldn't he have? Really? W beat him to the punch. George, George, Georgie. Jeb, I beat you. I was president for uh, two terms. You were just governor of, of, of Florida. <laughs> That's how I feel it's being played, and uh, here's another story from The Hill, too. Uh, Did you know that President Obama has endorsed Wasserman Schultz in the primaries uh, for her seat that she won back in 2004? Uh, Quote, Debbie has been a strong, progressive leader in Congress and a hardworking, committed chair of our national party since I proudly nominated her to the role in 2011. Obama said. Should I say that? Should I try my... Now, I I believe that uh, that Debbie... Uh, no, my Obama's not good. I can maybe get down his mannerisms. I can't get down his voice. Cannot. Cannot, will not, won't. No, no, no. I, I still haven't heard a lot of feedback on my Bernie. Can can we get some... Can we get some feedback on how my uh, Sanders sounds? I know it's not perfect. I'm not... Uh, I'm not, uh, do, do I amuse you? Do I amuse you? But, you know, Obama's backing her, and at least the Hill notes that he doesn't, that Obama pr- pretty much hasn't done uh, endorsements in in terms of House primaries, and that this is pretty significant, and that, you know, I mean, it's all just, it, it's piecing together. Um... Wasserman Schultz come under attack from people who think that she's tipped the scales towards Hillary and against Bernie and, you know, a lot of back and forth. People want her to step down from that role. You know, it's a, it's a lot of hairy... It's a lot of hairy stuff. People want to focus on the GOP and everything going on there with Donald Trump. It's happening in the in the Democratic Party just on a different level and a different scale of things. It's not just the GOP. It's not just the Republican Party. That's at odds with each other. The DNC's at odds with each other. Which is why I'm casual. Well, not casually. I'm throwing it in your face. Libertarian. Libertarian party. Check it out. Go online. Google it. You might just change your political standing. I don't know. I'm not a professional. So real quick, let's revisit Apple versus the FBI. Now let me catch you up for those of you who haven't been listening. Maybe you're just chiming in for the first time. I don't know. Or maybe you've forgotten. Maybe you just knew, oh, yeah, there was some court case going on. All right. Crash course. Let's flip. FBI comes out. Court orders Apple. Hey, develop the software so we can break into the phone. Apple says, whoa, whoa, whoa. That doesn't exist. We're not going to make a backdoor into the phone because how can you prove that you're only going to use it this one time? We're not going to do that. You're not going to pay us to do that. You can't bring out a court order and force us to make new software. Big legal battle implications come up. Uh, big talk amongst everybody. 
Uh, Fourth Amendment gets thrown out. First Amendment gets thrown out. A lot of different angles get played into this. It drags out for weeks. Listen to the headline from Fox News. FBI breaks into San Bernardino gunman's iPhone without Apple's help. Ending a pending court case. That's it. It's over. It's done. The FBI cracked the the damn iPhone. The, the, the this this is impossible to crack. We can't do it. We need you to make this software. You will do it. We got a court order right here. It says you got to make the damn software. Do it. Make the software. I can't believe that you you don't want to do it. It's a terrorist iPhone. Crack the damn thing. Give us the damn key. Give us the damn key so we can open the damn phone. I can't believe you don't. You're an American. Look look at this company over here. They don't care that 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 we want them to open up this terrorist iPhone. Do you really support a company that, that doesn't want to, to give us a key to open up this phone and any other goddamn phone we want to open up? Do you really? Oh, oops. Oh, hey. <laughs> oops, our guy messed up. We uh, <laughs> He forgot to turn it three cranks to the left. If he turned it three cranks to the left, we would have gotten on this phone. We never would have had this whole hairy issue. Never would have we, we never even would have got we if we if we did it right the first time we would never even have gotten a court order if we did it right the first time I, oh my god I'm so sorry I I didn't mean to harass you like that court case nah drop it we don't no Apple's fine we're Apple's good we got it we got it guys we cracked into the phone we're good we got it is there really anything else to say if the FBI cracked into it now. They had the ability and the power to do it. They were trying a power play to get Apple to give them just easier access to it. So, ask yourselves this question, people. Was 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 the whole drag-out thing, was it even necessary? Why didn't the government just do what they did anyway? I mean, it says here that it was via a third party. And that third party is not involved in the government. It's not a government agency. But it's not very forthcoming on the details. Not that I expected it to be or anything. But why was the whole court case brought up? Why was it drug out? Why was it a big national thing? It apparently didn't have to be. So I'll just I'll leave you with that. So I'm getting ready to wrap things up here. That's right. A third week and no Donald Trump's ridiculous statement of the week. Although some people might say that statement I played from him earlier is a ridiculous statement of the week. I, I, I don't I don't know. We're not going to get in that debate right now. Politics aside, as I said, it's 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 Tuesday. It's March 29th, and uh, this is a personal. This is getting personal. Personal note here. Um, it's been. It's been 17, 17 years uh, since my sister Meg uh, passed away from cancer. Uh, she was twelve years old. Uh, I believe it was, uh, I believe it was in October or November, uh, October or November, nineteen ninety eight, that uh, we learned she had cancer, and March twenty ninth. She passed away from it. Uh, very, it's very always a touchy subject. Uh, no matter how many years go by, it's 17 years now. So three years from now, it's going to hit 20 years. Um, and every passing year, it doesn't get uh, it doesn't get any easier. 
if you lose a family member to to at all, at all, um, it's tough. And that's putting it lightly. That's putting it very lightly, actually. Uh, she was 12, passing away from cancer. I was 9 years old. And to this day, uh, if you ask me what's the most devastating time of my life, boom, that right there. That was the worst time of my life. Did a lot of... Uh, a lot of uh, different things to me emotionally, spiritually. Um, it was a rough time. It changed me as a person. Uh, at such a core time, too, nine years old. Uh, you know, it, 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 uh, it's very hard to talk about, obviously. You, you can hear it. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to form it. I didn't write anything down for this. I'm just I'm going, I'm going out of the heart here. It changed me a lot spiritually, um, not necessarily uh, in a good way either, uh, possibly not in a bad way. That's something that I, I know down the line there will be an episode. Once the politics stuff starts dying down, when this will turn more to news stories and, and more like episodes can focus on one subject rather than bouncing between 20, I know spirituality will be uh, something that I have to dive into. Um, but I mean, I can tell you right now, I'm not a church going person. That doesn't mean I don't believe in God or have some kind of core belief in God. Uh, but I'm not a church faring going person right now. And I haven't been in quite some time and that does play into it a little bit, but, uh, you know, uh, 17 years, it's not, it's not any easier. Uh, it doesn't get any less painful. Um, you always hear that time heals all wounds and, you know, uh, you know, it it doesn't, it doesn't. I I you know all I can think. Uh, anytime it pops up, anytime people want me to talk about it, it just it goes back to the fact that a little girl, twelve years old, had to um get a disease that uh, that eventually took that quickly took her life. It wasn't even an eventual thing. It was it was a quick sweep. It uh, it pretty much only progressively got worse. And the only thing that I remember. Some of the ingrained memories in my head are, are were a, a frustrated um, little girl, uh, and some of the milestones in her passing were when when I hit age twelve, and then hit age thirteen, and you know I had to step back and go, uh, I'm I've already reached a year past what she made. Uh, when I turned um, when I turned twenty or when I turned eighteen, I was like, wow, I'm an adult. She never got to this point. Same thing when I uh, turn 21, turn turn 25, and, you know, it's going to happen when I turn 30. I can tell you right now. Getting ready to turn 27 this year. But when I hit 30, it'll be another, it'll be another, like, thing that just hits me. Uh, so, it's always around this time that, that I, things pop into my head like that. And so... You know, all I can say is that, you know, every day, every year that goes by, you know, I just, I miss her. Absolutely, 100%. And it's it's hard to talk about. It's hard to focus on. Uh, kind of takes joys out of Easter sometimes. Uh, it being, Easter being what it should be. Uh, sometimes I don't, sometimes my focus doesn't focus on that. It shifts away from that. And... So, I'm just going to leave it at that. 
I thank you all for uh, for tuning in this week. Actually, I'm not going to leave it on that. I'm not. I will say this. I will say in all that madness and in all that sadness, uh, weather has been getting nicer. And one of the things that I do take pride in here at the home front, at least anyway, uh, you know, I'm a homeowner. That's something else that hits me on, on a scale tied in with, with Meg. But I'm a homeowner. 26 years old and I have a house. Me and my wife have the house, which is awesome. Um, the past couple of days, we've been spending all outside. Um, in fact, the other day, we were at the farmer's market. We were at the flea market section of the farmer's market. We actually bought one of those wicker sofa sets for the outside. You know, it's it's one of those. It has the padded cushions that you can take off. It has actually storage compartment underneath it. Nice work, work thing. We stole it for fifty bucks. Guys wanted sixty. We had fifty bucks on us. Stole it for fifty bucks. Uh, so we have that outside, which is nice. We put it by the fire pit. Uh, it's it's just nice to have some nice big comfy outdoor type of seating there. We're about to get another set from from a buddy um, who came into owning it through other means won't dive into that but uh me and the missus have uh, spent a good time a deal outside now that it's nice uh, we go into the backyard we have about a million projects that we're working on uh we got uh let's see there's a berm i've been tearing out these old railroad beams those big wooden beams we've been tearing them out they uh used it to raise up some of the some of the yard in the back towards the fence We've been tearing those out. We're going to replace them with the bricks that I've been digging up. They built a patio that's all overgrown, so I'm digging up all these bricks. So we're replacing all those wood beams with bricks. Kind of got a theme going because uh, the, the bricks that I originally dug out are the fire pit. It's in the middle. So we're doing that, uh, tearing up some of this old dead grass and laying down new grass seeds so I can get a nice... Nice looking lawn going in. I have to do that in the front yard too. But it's experimental. I only tore up part of the backyard and laid these seeds out the other day. So we'll see what happens with them. Uh, but it's nice. The, the weather's turning. And in all the madness, I'm just telling you, find something that you that takes you away from the world. That gives you something to do. Gives you a little pride in what you're doing. And you, you find you enjoy it. Uh, I literally... Busted my ass the other day outside, uh, raking up all this dead grass, digging into the ground, raking up all this dead grass. I'm actually sore in some spots from doing it. But at the end of the day, at the end of doing it, I was like, wow, I went out, I did something, I was outside, I was enjoying the fresh air, I was moving around, uh, I got a full body workout without really sitting there counting reps or how much weight I was doing or whatever. I was out there doing work. And at the end of the day, I enjoyed it. It made me feel good. So, just telling you, as as the weather turns, go outside. Breathe in the fresh air. Find something to do. Even if you just sit outside with your computer or a book or whatever, just in, enjoy some fresh air if you can. And don't focus so much on the craziness that goes on in this world. You know, if you if you only take one day out of the week to focus on it, then do it that way. But just try to focus on being a better person and enjoying life a little bit. So, with that, I'll leave it at that. 
This has been FritzCast. Thanks for all the likes, the shares, the comments. Keep it going. Keep it moving. And tune in next week. I should be back on on Monday next week. It should be normal. This week got thrown off because of Easter and all that. Thanks, guys. See you later.